Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. Matthew Gatos, who's back from... uh, Vacation, Hiatus? yeah. Well, vacation that was—I I like to think of it as like a pre-honeymoon. Sure, because oh, like, you got engaged and then they went have, on. Apparently, there's things called engagement moons really? that people take. Really God. milking that, huh? Yeah, yeah. people on Goop <laughs> probably sucks. talk about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was not a planned engagement moon, but it kind of ended up being that. Yeah, Ugh. it was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been here in like three weeks, so Since I'm back. He's back. Okay, uh, ruin everything. <laughs> Sam Schultz, hello. Hello. And Julia Mays hello. is back. I want to point out, before we say anything about the movie that we're about to talk about, that Julia and Sam both made this movie happen <laughs> for this podcast. They willed it into existence. <laughs> I, I, I'm the senior producer of this film. <laughs> In 1996, when I was a literal child. <laughs> I mean, well, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> this kind of goes into what I want to talk about with this movie. Uh, but yeah, you sent me a Slack saying we have to do Santa with muscles. And I think you sent Sam a Slack about it as well. Because uh-huh. then Sam so. slacked me about it as well, <laughs> saying... Yes. We need to do Santa with muscles. It's a coordinated attack. Well, yeah. yeah, and I feel like there's a little bit of like, hmm, Nick is kind of hesitant about this movie, and then and then I use that to <laughs> talk to you, but then it didn't seem like you were hesitant about the movie at all. No, I think the only thing was just like trying to figure out how it fit into the schedule because we need to do next week is going to be Jingle All the Way, uh, and then the week after good. almost my real good this week. <laughs> yeah. But I figured that seems like kind of a cop out since we're doing it next week. <laughs> I, my real good last week was a terrible movie. What yeah. was it? Uh, Deadly but it wasn't Santa with muscles. Uh, no. <laughs> No, Deadly with Prey is entertaining. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about it already. We're doing (laughs) Santa with Muscles, the 1996 Terry Hulk Hogan vehicle. Uh, that uh, I'm glad Matt's on this one because Matt has some <laughs> some backstory with where Hulk was in his career at this point, um, and sort of how that plays into uh, what we're whose phone is not. <laughs> it's me. I turned it on. Do not disturb already. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot about uh, about Hulk Hogan in this. There's a lot about uh, Christmas and a lot about children and orphans. So only a few orphans, which is a problem. I have they got with this movie. they fixed, they got all the other ones' homes. <laughs> yeah, we got more orphans. <laughs> <laughs> then he found a whole bunch of yeah. He did find a whole bunch. <laughs> and a tiny, tiny Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was only a couple of years out from uh, that seventy. Yeah, that was very upsetting when I found that out. Yeah, well, she lied about her age. She you know, did. It was show. she like fourteen or fifteen, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, I would have been. Welcome yeah. to that seventies cast. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather talk about that. I couldn't remember show. that theme song. I wanted to sing it real bad, and I just couldn't remember. We're it. all, all right. right. We're all all right. You could rate each episode by how all right you are. <laughs> <laughs> are we all all right, or just some of us all right? Yeah. This week? Kind of all right. Just one. <laughs> then yeah. Uh, okay. Before we get into this, we have to do a sixty-second plot dump. That person's going to be Julia because she suggested this thing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There are also some revelations through text messages last night that... Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. ...fucking <laughs> blew my mind. Okay. All right, here we go. 60-second plot dump of Santa with Muscles in okay. three, two, one. Okay, Hulk Hogan is a general bad guy in the town. He's a millionaire. 
Um, he sort of wreaks havoc throughout town. And when he's running from the cops, he's hiding in a mall dressed as Santa, gets hit on the head, falls down a trash chute. And when he wakes up, a mall elf is standing there, tells him he's Santa, and Hulk Hogan believes it to a degree. And so he continues to sort of fight bad guys in the mall as Santa. Um, ultimately, uh, the big bad is a guy who's trying to sweep up all the businesses in town to get at a diamond mine underneath the town. And the last quote-unquote business on his list is an orphanage. Um, so... Santa has to protect the orphanage <laughs> from Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> uh, who has a bunch of henchmen, and Hulk Hogan wins, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's it. I just like the idea of, like, because, like, going back and forth between, like, using their actor names or their whatever, <laughs> it sounds like Hulk Hogan defeats Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> in the worst in a, wrestling match of all time. Yeah, in a, in a cage match. Like, yeah. the, Ah, uh, okay. So I want to talk with Sam and Julia first. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll just leave that <laughs> that side of the table. We have a tiny table. Also, if you hear the squeaking, it's we have a we have a replacement couch for the day. A lush leather sofa. Yes, it's a yeah. lush leather sofa. It's comfy, but it's noisy. I'm very fidgety, so you're gonna hear it. Uh, all right, you guys suggested this to me. And we watched it. Mm-hmm. Please tell me about your experience with this movie. We'll start with Julia. Okay. Well, we watched it together, so we had a similar experience. (laughs) Um, I liked the looks of this movie. Um, Well, actually, first of all, I found this movie from like a list of the top 20 best worst Christmas movies ever. And so it was probably mid-tier on the list. Um, And the, the writer, like the blog's synopsis of it was wacky sounding enough. That I like it. I like I like movies that sort of have it coming from all angles. And I don't typically like to watch bad comedies because I don't like to watch jokes fall flat. That just like that f- it feels like an uncomfortable experience. Oh yeah, bad comedies are brutal. Um, we found that through doing this podcast that anytime we do a comedy, it's a lot harder to watch. Yeah, than it's a bad it's not as movie. fun as seeing like a bad action movie or a bad horror movie where they're taking themselves seriously. Um so I knew like as far as I could tell, this was pitched as a comedy. Like to to some degree, I, I have think a it's... lot of thoughts about this thing that you don't like bad comedies because I think action comedy is its own thing that can definitely be enjoyable as a bad movie that sometimes you write off too quickly. I I I'm I'm harsh in that in that thing, but I'll I'm gonna stick Phys- to it. Physical comedy <laughs> is okay for a bad movie. I think yes. These they were not trying very hard to make jokes in this. No, and sometimes no. the jokes are so they fell so flat that they were back around to just being so nonsensical that your brain exploded. Right, and so that's where I think. <laughs> This movie in particular was success, like successful with air quotes around it. Is that like <laughs> it does? There's the comedy is so bad that it doesn't feel like it was an intentional comedy. It fe- it feels more like a heartwarming family mm-hmm. film first with a bit of action in it because there's a wrestling star in it. But like <laughs> comedy feels like an afterthought in in this movie. Uh, it just is. I don't agree with that. Okay. All right. Well, I don't Sam, think that it feels like an afterthought. I feel like give us your rebuttal. It is a living <laughs> cartoon. It is in its DNA supposed to be funny, but it is also supposed to like show off how cool Hulk Hogan is at throwing people around. True. And like show off how big his muscles are and stuff, mm-hmm. and have fight scenes. So I think the co- it's like 
It's like uh, in the tradition of Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get out. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, everyone's just going to let that stand. And the stunt spectacular. <laughs> Where is the stunt in this movie? Uh, name one stunt. Uh, I can name one. I can name three stunts that revolve around trash. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stunts in this movie. You're, yeah, okay. Okay, there's two I'm coming up with. What's a third? In the trash chute. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the garbage can from the tower. He falls it, off yeah. into, he falls the truck. into a truck. Yeah. And the, yeah. Into the truck. And then he gets kicked. Someone gets pushed out of a door the at the orphanage. Guy. And then, like, he either lands in trash. Uh-huh. I think he lands in trash. I think Lenny lands he in trash. He definitely lands in trash. <laughs> trash is that part. Okay. And the whole beginning has the stunt fighting with, like, he's catching trays and smashing his people over the head with the trays and stuff. That's there really are lots weird. of stunts. He beats and a up car those... chase is that stunt? Yeah, That's car chase stunt. is a stunt. He All beats right. up those 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 mean kids in the mall who are trying I to steal don't, money. I still don't think comparing it to Buster Keaton is fair. It's in the grand tradition. <laughs> in the in that it can be called a stunt. Uh-huh. Okay, that and it's point funny. I'll agree. It's a funny stunt. I need to get a blood pressure monitor right now. <laughs> <laughs> we should have that on Nick just as yeah. like during certain episodes and you just hear a beep start in the background. Yeah. You're like, uh-oh. He's going to flat on yeah. one of the episodes. Uh, <laughs> that, the that's finale. what finally gave him a heart attack. Somebody that would have like, happened during you things know who, probably. You yeah. know who Hulk Hogan is like? Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> and then he died, Your Honor. <laughs> Am I in court? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! All right, we killed him. <laughs> well, we watched it together, and we had lots of laughs. And I think it was kind of the perfect bad movie because a bad movie is best when it does have stuff happening, new stuff all the time. You can't keep track of the plot. Mm-hmm. It's much better than if it's boring. Mm-hmm. So, and even like beyond not being able to keep track of the plot, not being able to keep track of what's on screen. So like weird props are sort of flying in or like the characters are too much or like the bad guy has too many henchmen and you can't oh, keep him straight. So or it's so many henchmen and they were so <laughs> nonsensical. Um, or like the fact that it wasn't just diamonds the guy was after. They were diamonds that had electricity in them. And that crystals. Mil- or- yeah. Yeah. And that Mila Kunis knew everything about these <laughs> magic diamonds. Yeah. And then the fact... That Santa with muscles grew up in that orphanage. <laughs> and it didn't even seem like he remembered it before he had a concussion or after he got better from his concussion that made him think he was Santa. It was like he totally put it out of his mind that he had grown up in that orphanage the entire time. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did seem like he completely forgot that he was an orphan. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they say something about his like mom and dad. He's like, I don't really remember them. And it's like... <laughs> Okay, yeah, you grew up in an orphanage, dude. There's, like, more information there. Yeah. But you apparently don't remember. I don't. Uh, that was one of the plot twists that, like, they felt like mm-hmm. th- I, we need a reason that he can do a thing. Well, and it was a one-two punch because not only did he grow up in the orphanage, but <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. also did, yeah. and they were best friends. <laughs> yeah, they were best essentially, friends. like, orphan brothers. Yes. Uh-huh. But neither of them mentioned that. This one's so, good, you guys. Somebody else mentions that, and they what don't about the words you just said in the last five minutes were good? <laughs> oh, I'm just um, I'm having a good time thinking it was about cu- it. It was a cute old movie. What did you think about it, both of you? Uh, Please, I, Matt. Well, so my experience with the movie is that I didn't know it existed until you guys mentioned it, like mm-hmm. doing it for the podcast. And I was like, a Hulk Hogan movie? That's got to be bad. Yeah. Because I've seen the man act in other things, and it's <laughs> oh. never good. <laughs> he was so bad. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I've obviously watched him in wrestling. 
uh-huh. for many years until he became racist and terrible. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I would say until it was revealed. Until Good call. Yeah. Uh, until it was revealed mm-hmm. that he was racist and terrible. He was probably racist before I knew it. Um, but... Yeah, I used to watch a lot of Thunder in Paradise when I was a kid, which was a TV show that he had, which was essentially like... He had a TV show? Yeah, he did. It, it's, it was like Baywatch with more guns. And muscles. Oh, yeah. It sounds good. It does sound very good. <laughs> I think it's perfect for this type of uh, like content viewing of like watch something that's corny, fun, bad, mm-hmm. and like watch maybe an episode or two. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that. It's like if you tried to binge watch Baywatch, you'd probably hate it mm-hmm. but one or two fun episodes might be all right yeah one it's or two like and you'd that. be like hey that's like, funny mm-hmm. it was a weird thing i think they worked or owned like a beachside resort bar thing but then they also fought crime and they had a, a souped up boat that had a jet ski that shot out the back of it and it was really cool who hulk hogan and some like minions that he had with him they ah, were good guys good but they, it was a minions movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was the first minions movie it was a they were it was weird costumes though they were painted yellow um but no it was called thunder in paradise and so i'd watched that as a kid but like it wasn't like that was good but i'd seen like uh, him in the like rocky movie that he's in rocky three yeah and he's also in the mr nanny or whatever it's called uh where he it's, a, it's a similar to this movie where it's just like, hey, put Hulk Hogan around little kids <laughs> and he's going to be a sweet big muscle man to beat up bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, but he had done No Holds Barred, which I think Nick can talk more about as a movie than I can. But he was kind of... I, strangely, that's true. I think yeah. I can. Yeah. Um, but I think he, I watched that when I was a kid probably five or ten times. Yeah. But I knew it was going to be bad going in and I was not disappointed because it was a very bad film. But you didn't enjoy watching it. I did not really enjoy watching it. And Hmm. I think part of that is tainted by knowing that Jingle All the Way is next week. Oh, yeah. Because I enjoy that movie so much. And these came out in the same year. Uh Which Mm -hmm. does blow my mind. Because this looks like it came out in 82. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like quality wise and budget wise, like it just looks like a much older movie than it actually is. Um, But yeah, I just, there was so many weird plot twists and turns that made no sense but weren't also weren't fun enough to keep me interested hmm. that I struggled to get through the hour and a half that this movie was wow okay Nick who me yeah, yeah it's you I hated it <laughs> what what's next why <laughs> jingle all the way let's, let's go, go watch jingle that. all the way <laughs> what was wrong with it okay there are two things about this movie one of them is my fault and one of them is the movie's fault. Okay. <laughs> m- m- my fault is I don't deal well with faux sweetness. And 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 uh, this, I, it's one of the reasons I just don't do well with most children's movies. And mm. I'm not, not like Toy Story and stuff like that. Th- those are family movies, right? They're, they're for everyone. So they're, they're made on a scale and the emotional intelligence of it is at least a teenager level, right? Mm-hmm. Um but when you get into children's movies, even when I was a kid, there was something about it that put me off. Mm-hmm. It was it felt something felt wrong. It's like um superficial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels superficial, it feels fake, it feels like you're trying to lie to me about something and and so this hit those marks for me pretty early on. But the thing that the is the movie's fault is this is the most half-assed movie we have ever watched on here. I feel like from the quote-unquote stunt work <laughs> to the, the fight scene at the beginning 
to Hulk Hogan's line delivery mm-hmm. to uh, the plot to, to everything about it is just sort of like, yeah, we'll do that thing there. OK, mm-hmm. action cut. Got it. And, and and that's it. I didn't feel like the director was telling the actors what they were supposed to be doing or even what movie they were in. They all felt like they were in different <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, Clint Howard was in a good movie. <laughs> he was. Clint Howard, <laughs> he was he was, great... he was in Carnosaur and he was good in Carnosaur. <laughs> the like, only part of this movie that I genuinely like laughed out loud because I thought it was intentionally funny is near the end of the movie after his car has exploded, he pulls up to the crime scene and the wiper blades <laughs> yeah, are still yeah. going. And that was a genuinely like, all right, movie, good really job. Good. I yeah. think that was, I, I would not be surprised if Clint Howard did that. Like he, he's yeah. like, like, I got a good idea. I got a good idea, and guys. He had funny lines too. Like, I, Clint Howard was one of the shining moments of yes. this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I love him in general, but I do too. I thought he was very funny in this. Yeah, I, I like he again though. He felt complete and like he was really trying, mm-hmm. and that's one of Clint Howard's great things. Is like no matter what he's in, no matter how bad it is, he is trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, and and I respect that. Well, he also had like the perfect level of character for that sort of side character. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really need to learn much about him but we see a little bit of an arc of his introduction to the Hulk Hogan character he sees him again later and then he comes back at the end to like kind of resolve his arc mm-hmm. but every other character in the movie pretty much has the same level of depth of the Clint Howard character but they're supposed to be like main characters <laughs> like Lenny the Elf is terrible mm-hmm. yeah. in every way the henchmen that work for this evil scientist yeah, that are that essentially was, out of like yeah. a 1960s Batman movie uh huh don't make any sense in this movie. <laughs> and they're not threatening in any way. The lady who can shoot electricity out of her hands. She did seem kinda... sem- like threatening, but then the well, other guy that was, was just stinky. Yeah, that one yeah. guy just had stinky. And then there was a third guy. What was the third guy? He was geologist. A geologist. Oh, there was a geologist, which made wrestler, absolutely though. no sense until the end of the movie when it was revealed that they were going oh, after right. rocks. And then it was like, oh, yeah. okay, now he's the only one who actually does make sense. But he was like the first one introduced as if like, meet my bad guys. <laughs> Number one, geologist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, All right. Not, hey. not scared he and like it's brushed a, the guy's face with a brush <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's the thing like I feel similar to this as, as I did with elves which was I you could have pushed this in a direction mm-hmm. and made this more over the top and, and more uh, you know just crazier but I guess my other thing too is like I don't really like kids <laughs> and I feel like this, this movie feels like it was made by kids. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like the choices were choices that kids would make. Like if you got them a high production, you know, a, a good camera and a little bit of a budget and then just like go make a movie. Yeah. But they had a professional team like this is the movie that kids would make. Yeah. And to me, it's like if they were my kids, sure, it would be charming. But if they're somebody else's kids, I don't want to see your kids shit. Like, I, I, <laughs> like you know, just like you don't want to go to some person's house and have them pull out their old family photos of, of all the kids that you don't know. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's like somebody asking you to go to a stranger's kid's school recital. Yes, and that like, is what it's hey, like. Uh, my friend's kid is in this play for Christmas. Do you want to go watch it? Nick Jenkins never says yes to that. I think under certain circumstances, that would be very fun. Sam Schultz said yes <laughs> to Sam that. Sam Schultz would go. Nick Jenkins, I know for sure, would never say yes I to that. I can't even, I could barely go to community theater. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't. And and so this, this is what was happening for me watching it. I feel like I was, this is made by people making choices. Like, I get it. I see it. If a kid was making this, like, yeah, I remember making things, you know, playing stuff, doing stuff like this and, 
making up Star Wars stories with my kids, with my kids, with my <laughs> friends um, when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think about it now and I go, yeah, they're stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch a movie. That, and that's what this movie feels like. It, it, nothing makes sense. Now they find a cave. <laughs> and in the cave, there's jewels. And, and then the jewels. they pull some of the jewels out of the cave and they have a crystal lightsaber fight. Yeah. And, then, and the orphanage explodes. Yeah. <laughs> It kind Not of so implodes. It, yeah, I was it kind of just gets electrocuted. Dissolves. And no, it's like uh, the end of Poltergeist. <laughs> uh-huh. The end yeah. of Poltergeist. The ho- the house sucks into itself, and that's kind of what happens here. Yeah. So and yeah. that's seen as a win in this movie is yeah. that the orphanage implodes. Yep. <laughs> the bad, the good guys win when the orphanage implodes. And yeah. Hulk Hogan says. I think I know a place. <laughs> yeah. Let's just steal that guy's house. Yeah. yeah. Let's She's... just live in your mansion. No. No. This is it's what they his. told me earlier. He doesn't, they don't live in his mansion. They don't live that in would he make puts too much the sense. orphans in the Ed Bagley Jr.'s mansion. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, it's not because then he can just go live in his own mansion away from the children. Yeah, yeah but Ed Bagley Jr. He made Jr. a clear decision jail. of, you know, I know a place for these kids. He has a giant house yeah. where he has toys and dirt bikes and cars to race around in that these kids could come live in with him because clearly he lives alone with his help. But Which no, has. instead he ships them off to the evil scientist house and that's where they get to live. Yeah. And he doesn't. So, but what's that house going to do otherwise? He doesn't own that house. <laughs> yeah. You don't just get to buy the house of the man you put in jail. Maybe. We don't know, maybe we don't know do. crime law. Yeah. Not in 24 hours. Like, it seemed pretty quick. <laughs> but again, it seems like, and then they get to go and live in the bad guy's house. It was <laughs> a movie made by a bunch of orphans as an advertisement for orphans. I would believe that. <laughs> hey, you want some kids? Yeah. <laughs> Come and get your orphans. We're cute. Adopt us. I hated this thing. I hated uh, everything about it. We like, have discussed on this podcast before that you don't like the like the faux sweetness thing, and I think yeah. the last time it came up, I don't remember which movie it was. I don't but either. It was also, like sort of like more of a kids movie, and on that one, I argued with you because I didn't feel like the movie was a fake sweet. I felt like it was a genuinely sweet thing. Oh, yeah. What, what the hell that? movie was I that? I think I was on that one too. But yeah. I think this one falls into that category <laughs> of like, okay, how do we make this heartwarming? I don't know. Do that. But isn't that fun to like look at it and think about how the conniving people who were making this movie were just trying to make like the cheapest cash in that they could make and they were doing the things that they're like weird old hearts thought that people wanted to see. Oh, you'd think it'd be more entertaining then. I thought it was well, You two did. Like, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. two like Well, it. and I was, I think I'm somewhere in the middle between this yeah. love fest and hate fest uh, where I, I definitely don't hate this movie, but I didn't enjoy it as much as you guys. But there are moments where I do get that feeling and I'm like, oh, I know exactly the decision. I mean, the title alone yeah. was somebody <laughs> in a room saying like, what if we made it like a Christmas movie with Hulk Hogan? What's it about? It's it's Santa with muscles. And it's like, all right, cool. What do we That's call it? He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Did you not listen to me? I said it's Santa with muscles. The end. Yeah, yeah the description is the same as the title. That You know that's going to be a good movie. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with the premise of this movie. I, I actually... I like, do in that the premise slash plot synopsis is not important to the actual movie. Well, no. Like the whole... That's my thing. Like Santa gets hit on the, or Hulk Hogan's character gets hit on the head and is convinced he's Santa, is not really what happens. Um, that's how they meet him. But well, right, but it. like Julia yeah. summed it up, I think, well, in like the plot summary where you're like, he thinks he's Santa, sort of. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, so this is actually this is my biggest problem with the movie is that 
the the way that Santa version of Hulk Hogan uh, behaves is that he's like almost he's been conked out right so he doesn't know where he is he can't remember his name or what his actual livelihood is like he, but he doesn't fully believe that he is Santa like there's there's still a sliver of grown ass man there who, <laughs> who knows that, that like he is not Santa but then like the pairing of him with Lenny the mall elf who perpetuates him actually being Santa and not once saying Cut the shit. You're, what are you doing? Like, you're not actually Santa. And so, and saying like, oh, Rudolph's uh, at the vet, so we have to take my bike to the orphanage. <laughs> and, and like sort of continuing the facade makes no sense to me. Well, I want to point out also that, that uh, what is his name? The elf? Lenny. Lenny, Lenny. is another That 70s Show Oh, he's, he's the Don dad. Stark. He's Don the dad. He Bob. Bob. Whoa. I Bob. did not realize Is it Pinciotti? Yeah, Bob Pinciotti. That's Bob amazing. Pinciotti. Yeah. Oh, uh, I knew I saw him, knew, recognized him from somewhere. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, Ed Begley Jr. is a perfectly serviceable actor, but I would say probably the best quote unquote actor in the movie. Ed Begley Jr. just looked like he was in pain the entire time. I think he was. Jr. was yeah. very bland for very being the bland. evil scientist bad guy. And he's and he's funny elsewhere. Like he's very oh, yeah. good mm-hmm. in Arrested Development. And the other the other person that's in this movie that sort of blew my mind is Garrett Morris. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about Garrett. I just like I saw him on the IMDB listing when we when I <laughs> the credits started rolling so he hadn't come on screen yet and I was like, what the <laughs> what well, and he just doing? plays the guy who works at the orphanage, maybe? Yeah. He's who just, it. like, spouts off some, like, you really made something yourself. And you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Julia knew what it meant. Instantly. Oh, I mean, I knew yeah. what it well, meant. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could tell what it means. But it's, like, plot-wise, like, no one is there to absorb that. Like, who's he saying that for? Yeah. Like, he, there's no recognition from uh, Hulk Hogan's character of him in that moment. So he's just saying that knowing full well this man does not remember him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a creepy, weird thing to do. Yeah, there was a... uh, Who thought he was Santa and who didn't think he was Santa and to what degrees they thought he was Santa was very confusing in this movie. Yeah, like some of the little kids, like the one little girl, Elizabeth... Uh, is like yeah. fully bought in. Like she's the one who, for some reason, opens the movie and is writing a letter to Santa. Yeah, and takes way too long to come back in the she movie. Has to explain the plot. Oh, I thought you meant at the beginning. No, the beginning starts like a horror film. It's <laughs> yes, really weird and definitely. creepy. It does. There's like yeah. red weird font and like this weird stormy vibe to it. But uh-huh. it's this creepy kid voice. Yeah, uh-huh. and but she's talking about how the city has like gone to hell because of like <laughs> yeah, this bad Jr. guy There's and a we bad man. yeah um <laughs> and but it like she does not appear in the movie for like another 40 minutes yeah and so i completely forgot for a while sure until she like i think says i wrote you the letter i'm like oh i think when she walked in it was funny because i looked at her and i went is that the same girl from the beginning i did not remember i can't remember what she looked like yeah. Turns but, out it was. It was the same girl. But even the adults are like, the lady who owns the orphanage, I have no idea what she thinks the Santa with muscles is doing. If he's like a superhero or if she really thinks he maybe is Santa. Yeah, because they like host him at the orphanage they for let a him night. Live they live there. They yeah. say, do you have somewhere to stay tonight, Santa? Like, I think a, a kid asks that, but a a a grown woman and a grown man who are running the orphanage should, should say he has to go on to the next house, a.k.a. he has he, he's a person who, <laughs> Which who they owns start a home. And doing later. They start doing that a little bit later as it gets closer to Christmas. They kind of like 
they start to give a giving him an out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they keep mentioning they're like, well, Santa probably needs to go. <laughs> and it's like Santa doesn't know that he needs to go because he thinks he might be Santa. But like and the one guy there definitely knows. Him he needs to be Santa for some reason. And nobody's asking him what his real name is. Nobody's asking Lenny what the deal is. They're just like, well, Lenny's whole storyline is that he wants to steal money. There's children. Children. Blake's children. Oh, Uh, Blake's mm. children. Speaking of children, interrupting this podcast. (laughs) Get out of here. Speaking of how much I hate children, there's some children. (laughs) Let me go outside and hate them. (laughs) Uh, What were we talking about? I I don't know. Oh, Lenny. Uh, Yeah. The whole, Lenny's whole story is that he's trying to steal money. Mm. Yes. From the billionaire millionaire Blake Thorne, I believe his name is. Hulk Hogan's character. Um and like so, a Bond villain. because he's in debt to the mad scientist guy. For how much though? Because when he no gets clue. the three hundred fifty bucks or something at the beginning, Lenny's like, "I'm rich." <laughs> well, he also seems yeah. like he's gonna like he. We first see him; he's like on the phone. He's in trouble with the evil scientist man. Yeah, and then he immediately realizes, "Oh, I can get money from this lady who runs the mall, but also mm-hmm. seems evil." Mm-hmm. I don't know about her, but. He gets the money from her, and so it seems like, okay, he seems happy. This seems like the amount of money he needed to be something, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. to be set. But then he continues to try and steal from uh, the ATM, uh, from Blake Thorne's money from the ATM, and doesn't succeed on that front. So he doesn't seem happy about that. And then later on, he's still in debt to the scientist because they call him and have something to hold over him. Yes. So I don't understand his whole There's a thing. missing piece from Lenny for sure. Yeah. I feel like there are a couple missing pieces, and I don't know if they were missing in the script, or they got cut out, or they didn't get shot, mm-hmm. or they were just never written. But there's a couple missing pieces with Lenny. There's a couple missing pieces with um, the relationship between Ed Begley Jr. and Hulk Hogan, and whether or not they have parents. Mm-hmm. Because Ed Begley Jr. has a line when he realizes that it's Blake Thorne, where where he realizes Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, where he looks at him and he says, something like, you're spending mommy and daddy's money. Whoa, I missed that. It's during like their last moments together when they're battling. Yeah. And it it confused the hell out of me because I'm like, wait, you were in an orphanage. What, were you adopted by rich people? I don't understand. I don't know what happened. That's what I... Guess I thought too, but maybe they just forgot that they had written that he was an orphanage a few pages. Before. But also, Ed Bigley Jr.'s character is clearly also very rich. Yeah. yeah. So I don't like, and also spending mommy and daddy's money. But he is like a self-made. Not I don't know. If he's completely self-made, but like he clearly has like this whole franchise. Oh of yeah. Products and everything that he's making money off of. So he's kind of also he's not just like a spoiled brat. Right. He's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems like he thinks about work all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and himself, but mm-hmm. mostly work. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't get that relationship, and it feels very shoehorned in for no reason because there is no payoff to the fact that they were growing up together, well, other than and- to make it like you're fighting your brother. Yeah, but yeah. I think the insertion of it creates more questions. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like you insert it, and you go, wait. What? Right. Well, in the total time we know that they were in the orphanage together is like six minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. <laughs> it like it could have so easily been disregarded. Like Blake being an orphan and sort of making it make sense of why Santa version of Blake had a calling to stay and help the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing. But for Ed Begley Jr. to be his orphanage brother is 
completely forgettable. Right. And, and I think unnecessary. That, they have a yeah. twist on a twist. Yeah. yeah. They were probably also supposed to explain that that's how he knew the combination to the door. That but is, they forgot yeah. to mention anything about that later on, too. Well, it's, it's heavily implied. I guess so, but how? Well, as Nick pointed out, his initials are carved in the door. Yeah. Oh. As he looks at the, the letters in the I door. I couldn't remember his character's real name, so... Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It wasn't HH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, is it BT parentheses HH in yeah. case you forgot? Just, just um, so you know. But yeah, so, the, yeah, he was he lived there. So he also right. got to play in the quote-unquote club. clubhouse <laughs> that has a catacombs with human skeletons in it. Yeah. <laughs> and explosive diamonds. <laughs> and explosive diamonds. Uh, they, he apparently, uh, they don't really... I guess say how he learned the combination, but they do say why he knows it now. Well, those kids figured out almost all of it, so that's true. It was just like multiples of eight or something. Something, right? yeah. I was trying to do the math, but it wasn't. <laughs> didn't seem to be a math problem of any kind. Why know, was it was it? a very Goonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like a weird like I don't know. We need a Goonies moment in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's where the movie really took off for me, though. Really? The orphanage thing. The See, that's diamond where cave. it fell flat completely because I was like, Ed Bagley Jr.'s trying to get this entire neighborhood. And that he's already got. But, he but yet, the key to everything mm-hmm. is only the orphanage. And he knows that because he's right. lived there. So he knows that the only piece of land he actually needs is the orphanage yeah. to get to the get crystal to cave. You don't need the property around it. Right. And all things told, like, if we're thinking like true villains, an orphanage should be the easiest pin to knock down because it's just like, let me buy you out. I will provide a different venue for these three <laughs> three children. Yeah. Like he's super a, rich. He yeah. could just buy a different house, move them a block over yeah. you know, and say, hey, buy, now I have all these crystals. That lady could buy just a normal house and have enough room for her orphans. Just yeah. three of them. Yeah. <laughs> and Garrett Morris. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest with you guys, though. I don't care about the logic problems. Like, the logic <laughs> problems in this don't bother me because there's some serious logic problems in the Goonies. <laughs> like, they and they edit out a whole scene that they bring up later, and it's like, why did you leave that piece of dialogue in there? If That's you're, fair. It's weird. But the thing to me is just – I said this to Sam, the, and, I, and I said it at the beginning. This is the most half-assed movie I've ever seen mm-hmm. on for this podcast. It is – Half ass. I would rather watch Things again because mm. Things is a whole ass movie. Ugh. They are whole assing it. They're doing a terrible <laughs> job and it's god awful. They didn't have any money. But though. I don't, they didn't have any money. They didn't have a, a star like Hulk Hogan. They had a trailer. A quote unquote star like yeah. Hulk Hogan. At the it, time, big star. Big star. Yeah. You know, was he still? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, let me finish this. Time for Matt's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, hold on one second. <laughs> But this is the thing that irritates me is like, I think there's a premise here that could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I think there's, uh, I, I think that if you had put care into directing it, it mm-hmm. would have been fun for me. But every scene, every line that everyone said, with the exception of like Mila Kunis, who I feel like was, was and Garrett Morris, I feel like yeah. both of them were just like, they were acting. And mm-hmm. of course- Clint Howard, uh-huh. but you know, like the stars of our movie were not like he was no different when he was Santa versus when he was Blake. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't he have the Hulk persona when he was Blake, and they could have made him total villain? Mm-hmm. And then when he becomes Santa, he's like this nice guy who, and we don't want him to go back to being Blake. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they did. He's the same thing. He even doesn't like even when he's quote unquote believes he's Santa still. He doesn't 
dress up as Santa. He like comes out like clean shaven, blonde hair showing, and like in a robe or whatever like that. And people are like, "Oh, what? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Why aren't your beard, Santa?" He's like, "Mrs. Claus says it itches." <laughs> and like, you, so you know you're not Santa. Yeah. Like, yeah. In that way, he's making a joke to cover up because the kid believes he's Santa, but he clearly knows he's not Santa the next day. Right. And that could have been like. You would just with performance, you could have gotten around that because he does. Hulk Hogan has the ability to perform like his Hulk persona is a huge performance. Mm-hmm. And you could have maybe dialed it down a little bit and still just made him this wacky lunatic who, you know, runs roughshod over the town and everybody hates him. But then no one recognizes him. I don't know. There, I just like do something. With it, and it was just nothing. And then I got a deal with like, "Hey, Santa, you made me funny. I'm an orphan, and I'm so sad." You didn't like when they sang their duet. No, I hated that. (laughs) They made the lights. They made the church windows light up. That was the least. (laughs) That was the worst thing in the entire movie. No, the worst thing about the window scene is that that's what people came to see. (laughs) Those are the most boring ass stained glass windows I've ever seen in my goddamn life. They were boring. Like when they panned up to them, I was like waiting to see something. Magical, and it was just like, oh, this is a bunch of squares. Something else is gonna happen. Something else is gonna happen. Oh, oh, we're done. Okay, no, that was that was the moment. Yeah, some kind of weird vortex opened up behind them. (laughs) They were made of the crystals from the mine underneath. Oh, that's how they lit up. Yeah. Uh, and responded yeah. to singing, to singing Angel Baby. Is that a real song? I don't know. I think it is a real song, but it's it's not like it's not like a sweet song like if you listen to the lyrics it's not like a sweet kids song or something right. it's, it's even like, a little sexy for yeah, a child it's it like a pop sexy. song from yeah. like the 60s or 50s maybe I think I mean it, it was uh-huh. so Santa Baby and Santa Baby is that same thing yeah. like, that's a little too sexy for that a one's blue that one's a blue yeah, yeah. Christmas song, yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay so we, let's let's slide into Matt's corner okay and talk about wrestling and, feel, yeah. and Hulk Hogan in particular. All and right. then if you have questions about No Holds Barred, I'll be happy to, <laughs> to drop in. Well, we, there's also a big elephant in the room that we haven't got to yet. Oh. that, that The text message exchange that we all had last oh, night. Oh, no, no. I want to do that after yeah. after the wrestling so we need thing. to get to that at some yeah, yeah, point. Yeah. No, because that... that I legitimately blew my mind when that Same. when that came out. I was, my I was I was at a di- okay. Let's talk about this first. <laughs> let's just talk about it. <laughs> I was at a dinner last night for with uh, some producers uh, because we're filming and we have a host in town, and so we're, I Humble wasn't brag. Well, no, I, I was like we were. I was not looking oh, at my phone. Oh, you go out to dinner. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> uh, hang out with the people I work with. Ooh, <laughs> um, no, the I wasn't looking at my phone, but I kept feeling it vibrate, and then I walked out and I. Like, there were like <laughs> 10 text messages from you guys. And I was like, oh, oh, no. For those that don't know, usually yes. uh, every week there's a group text of the people who are going to be on the podcast that week. So we can all commiserate as we watch the films yes. and share our thoughts a little yeah. bit beforehand. And th- this, Sam, tell the story. Before, well, I don't want to tell the whole story. But before we discovered anything, Julia, we were watching the movie and Julia said, uh, Hulk Hogan's character is just like Jake Paul. He just like runs around hmm. town and pranks people with his friends, and he just seems like an asshole. Well, especially like, in that first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, literally, your introduction to this character is he's like pranking the people he works with. Mm-hmm. He's driving around on dirt bikes and mm-hmm. fast cars, uh-huh. and he just owns this big house that he just seems to do whatever he wants. Pranking people with paintball guns. Yeah. Like beating up his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Matt sent us a text message that said So. <laughs> cross cut like uh cut to across town uh <laughs> me watching this movie in my house uh get about three minutes in 
and Hulk Hogan's character is walking through the foyer of his house, and I something pings in my brain, and I'm like, that foyer looks familiar. And because it's got this big, like, sweeping staircase and, like, this door right next to the staircase. And it just looked really familiar. And my head goes, I'm pretty sure that's either, because it was clearly from a Shane Dawson documentary, Mm -hmm. it's either Jeffree Star's house or it's Jake Paul's house. And so I went on to Google and I had paused the movie as Hulk Hogan is running outside of his house. So you see the outside. Big front door. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I go on my phone and I Google Team 10, Jake Paul house. And I pull up an image and I look. And it's not just a similar house. <laughs> it's the exact same house. And the picture you sent us was the same angle and everything. <laughs> the house where this movie was shot about a rich, famous blonde guy who is disliked by everyone and plays pranks on his friends and rides dirt bikes recklessly is shot in the house that is now owned by Mr. Jake Paul. (laughs) Hulk Hogan invented Team 10. (laughs) I think, like, this is just a weird... That is Jake Paul in the future. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, that blonde Hulk Hogan man with the weird mustache, that is Jake Jake Paul's future. Jake Paul was, like, a wrestler in high school. Yeah. They, like pal around with this huge crew of people who all live in the house together. It's like uncanny. I want to think that Jake Paul watched the first five minutes of this movie, (laughs) stopped it and goes, life plan. Good to go. (laughs) He's like, that looks awesome. I'm going to do that. Someone get me that house. I can't believe that happened. Oh, no. And meanwhile, (laughs) Nick's like, Wait, how rich is Jake Paul? I was, I was like, yeah, because I, I know who Jake and Logan Paul are. I didn't know anything about Team Ten, but I did know I know who Jake and Logan pa- Paul are from Vine, and then you know from all of the stupid shit mm-hmm. that they that they've done, specifically Logan's <laughs> god awful video. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm a 41 year old dude. I, I really don't give a fuck. They're not coming for you. No, <laughs> they don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> no. um, you know, but like I knew I knew of them, but. It had not occurred to me the amount of money that either of them were making. Mm-hmm. And I saw I saw that that picture and my text I think was wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> How rich is Jake Paul? <laughs> because it's an enormously like exquisitely crazy house. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not just a mansion. It's like a mega, mega mansion. Well, that's yeah. the, because the whole thing behind, we don't want to get too much into Jake Paul, uh, but like his whole thing is that the, one of the biggest ways he makes money is that he buys a big house, allows like 20 YouTubers to move into his house, and then they all make their own famous YouTube channels and he takes a cut of all of their profits. Mm-hmm. He's basically a production house yeah. in yeah. a lot of respects. And yeah. so that's why he lives in these giant flashy houses is because it makes everyone's videos look super cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like Hulk Hogan's room where he's his big fireplace room that he's like eating in or something at some point. Uh, that's uh, Jake Paul's boxing room mm-hmm. in his house. But it's the same exact room because they shot in the same house. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. It's yeah, so weird. after we watched it, we went and watched a clip from the Shane Dawson video where, where Jake Paul gives him the tour yeah. of the house. And we were like, that's where Hulk Hogan had that fight scene. That's, <laughs> that's where he woke up after getting thrown into a trash dumpster. <laughs> that's where he ate breakfast the next morning. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's so weird. Mm. And you guys, he's really rich. Yes, like yes. I, Jake Paul well, made twenty one million dollars this past year. Yeah, he uh, the, the, he was on the the top twenty five YouTubers or whatever. Right, and it was like most highly paid. Most yeah. highly yeah. paid. Yeah, and I, I I am still 
like aghast at the amount of money. <laughs> like it is blowing my mind. Anyway, but, but you guys said you p- had to pause the movie. Yeah, we were laughing. We were too laughing hard to keep watching it. <laughs> well, because Matt texted us and we were like, "Oh, that's Jake Paul's house." Yeah, and I, I was think, like, "Oh yeah. well, I what said the exact same thing." What a funny joke that you both thing. made. <laughs> and he was like, "No, literally." <laughs> that's what I had to send the screenshot of. Like, yeah. no, but like, I'm, it's not a joke. Of like, he's like Jake Paul. That's no. Somehow, not only did they shoot it in Jake Paul's house, but in the moment, I recognized it as Jake Paul's <laughs> yeah. house. Yes. You loser. <laughs> I did. It was one of those revelations where I was like, do I share this? Yeah, it it's too juicy to not share. <laughs> but I reveal a lot about myself. Oh, man. Okay, well, but, that was the thing that blew my mind, at least. Uh, I, I, it blew I, all our minds. I was like, holy shit. But now, let's just... Now, let's, let's go... Uh, let's talk about where where Hulk Hogan's career was at this point. Terry Boella, Borella, whatever his real name is. Terry... His yeah. last name's not even Hogan? No. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so... It's all lies. <laughs> at this point, I said he was a big star. It's true. Like, Hulk Hogan has pretty much always been a big star since mm-hmm. his early wrestling days, which was, like, the mid-'80s. Yep. Um... But his real, like, his first big peak was, like, late 80s into, like, the really early 90s. Because that was, like, fighting Andre the Giant and Macho Man and Ultimate mm-hmm. Warrior and all that stuff. And that's mm-hmm. when, like, everyone, the Hulkamania took over the world kind of thing. After that is when he went to WCW, which was, like, the competing brand. And this is when Hulk Hogan started to get boring, Oh. To a lot of people, because he was still he was a good the like, guy, right? huh? He was a good guy, right? Yeah, he was okay. always a good guy. That was the whole thing. Is that he Sam, was? He was a face. Well, he was, I know yeah. the terminology. The the audience does but not right. necessarily. Right. Uh, but yes, face. he was a baby face, which uh-huh. is the wrestling term for good guy. Um, and he was that good guy for like ten years. And nearing the end of that ten year span, he got boring to people because he was still the like, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you can be just like me, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think drink your milk was the other one. Mm-hmm. Drink your milk, say your prayers, and take your vitamins. And so he was like this notoriously just like a Superman that got really boring because it was the '90s and all other wrestling was becoming really edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was not keeping up. So and people like Sting. Right. Like, he looked like the crow. He was Mm -hmm. a badass. Uh, (laughs) But then, in 1996, the same year this movie comes out, several months before this movie comes out, Hulk Hogan turns heel, which in wrestling terms means bad guy. It means heel. (laughs) (laughs) It means part of the foot. Um, But he uh, turned bad, and this was like, the bombshell that rocked the wrestling world that made that competing company actually competitive with WWF at the time and they won in the ratings from then on because Hulk Hogan was the biggest star in wrestling again because he was a bad guy he was Hollywood Hulk Hogan he wore black he wore all black that's when they started calling him Hollywood yeah okay and he would come out with a big feather boa tight yeah he dyed his mustache like his Fu Manchu blonde and the rest of it was like black stubble it looked awful he still does it to this day um wait he has black hair he, yeah, his normal, I think his hair at, is gray completely at this point. So any color that's not gray is fake at this point. But he had blonde hair. He right? did have blonde back in the day. Okay. Um, when he, they started like painting his stubble, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Like black. Because there's t- there's some photos you can see where it looks like it's Sharpie. Like it's so badly like drawn on that he like, it's, yeah, it looks more paint than hair. Um but in 
so the weirdest thing to me about that timeline is that he's still making these family films, but his character at the time in wrestling is, I hate the fans. They weren't there for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think his big thing, because you can only say so much on like network television, was the fans can stick it. Was <laughs> the worst he could say. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. What a burn. Yeah. yeah. But he literally was like saying, I don't care about the kids and I don't care about them. Like, they're, they're, oh. we're sharing a picture of his lovely oh, He's a grizzly oh. looking man. Face. I, That's not even the worst that it ever looked. It was the first one I found. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the face of a person who could be a good guy in my book. He looks so mean. Well, but so he was uh, always more so like he was, he's like 6'8 uh-huh. and just all muscle. Mm-hmm. And, and like by the time he turned bad, he's like maybe in his 50s or something like that. Yeah. Like 40s, 50s. Wrestlers age very poorly. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, athletes like that. Yeah, Ooh. I mean. Yeah, you're doing a lot. If you look at pictures yeah. of like The Undertaker, he's only like 50, but he looks 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Hulk Hogan becoming this bad guy made him more popular than ever in mm-hmm. wrestling. But I think maybe it hurt his film career. Because <laughs> before yeah. this, he had done all of these like kid sorts of movies. But the same, like, I don't think that's to blame for the poor performance of this movie because I think this movie is bad and that's why it did badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't, like, it probably didn't help opening weekend box office to, like, pitch this movie as, you know your favorite wrestler, Hulk Hogan, kids? Now he hates you and he's Santa. <laughs> 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 so uh, I think I, I was searching through, it's really hard to look on Hulk Hogan's IMDb because... It's just he plays Hulk. He's Hulk Hogan in everything. Mm-hmm. So most of those listings are wrestling things, and then there's right. like movies spliced in. But from what I could kind of tell, is he didn't really do any starring roles after this. Uh-huh. He started playing like bit parts, like he's in a Three Ninjas movie. Mm-hmm. He's in a, one of the Muppets, like Muppets in Space or something like that. He's like right. in a bunch of side things. Mm-hmm. But I think, which is. I'm looking Telling. at the box office. <laughs> Ooh, what did it make? Ooh. Opening weekend, $120,000. What was his budget? Total gross. It doesn't say. Oh, no. So I, I, I'm i shocked it had any opening weekend, though. What's the total? Total gross, $220,000. Oh, that's bad. That's not <laughs> great. That's very bad. And only, <laughs> that's not even his paycheck. I'd be, there's probably not data for this, but I'd love to see like the first week drop off mm-hmm. of like people who went and saw it first weekend and were like, oh, don't go see that. <laughs> 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 and like 5% audience retention. Yeah. Um, go see Jiggle All The Way. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Um, but I think it is, uh, it is interesting that that happened. And I don't think, uh, I've never heard it directly talked about on any of the like, wrestling podcasts or videos that I've watched that him turning heel directly had an effect on his other like mm-hmm. uh, like I'm trying to think of the word like opportunities I guess mm-hmm. of acting and being a spokesperson for things but in like now in wrestling it's a thing that's kind of known is that the big sometimes really bland babyface characters everyone's like just turn them heel make them interesting da 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 they never do it anymore mm-hmm. because they're always afraid, I think, of... Hoganism. Hoganism. Because there's people like The Rock 
and John Cena and some other guys who you probably wouldn't know, so I won't name them. Name one of them. <laughs> Roman Reigns. I, know I did not know him. He's boring, though. Yes. Uh, so so is I John he Cena was a now. Bad guy. So no. Uh. So John Cena and Roman Reigns are perfect examples of these people who have opportunities outside of yeah. wrestling. They can be spokespeople for things. They can be uh, make a wish like like granters and all these things. But John like, Cena has made the jump to movies successfully. Already. Exactly. Yeah. So if you suddenly take John Cena and make him a person who's spitting on the fans and mm-hmm. saying that kids are terrible, hmm. maybe he's going to be a little less popular with the Make-A-Wish crowd or right. the, the Bumblebee casting agents. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's definitely a sign of like, I don't think Hogan made a mistake because it definitely kept him relevant longer than it probably he probably would have. Uh-huh. But it also set a course for what not to do. But right. that might have been conscious also. He might have been yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't want to play these good guys anymore. I mean, to be fair, he's still on TV doing wrestling stuff now. So, yeah. Yeah, he's... but if you want your career, like it seems like nowadays a lot of people's wrestling career path is intended to take them to movie star yeah, no the so, the Rock's path is definitely the one that yeah people are trying to. That copy seems like now. a bad thing for wrestling. Well, you that got the Rock, you got Dave kinda. Batista. Oh uh, yeah, Dave Batista is a much better example actually, because <laughs> he's in much better movies than the Rock is. Was he ever a bad guy? Yeah, he looks. He, he was also his wrestling though, costume looks evil. The difference between like Batista and the other guys mm-hmm. is, and if there's any wrestling fans out there, I will get flack for this. But he was never as big of a star yeah. as like a Cena or a The Rock oh, or a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but uh, it's mostly well, I because can, ba- I can co-sign that because I had never heard of Dave Batista. There you go. Before he became a movie he star, didn't have but a I lot had of heard, reach. Of, heard of Cena and The Rock. Yeah. Right. He didn't have a lot of reach. He wasn't like on the Tonight Show and doing those things or hosting right. SNL. Um, what a wonderful actor, though. But yeah, like Batista's <laughs> the career you want to copy, I guess. Of like yeah. be an under the radar wrestler, have some fun. And then go be in some of the biggest movies of all and time. And be in Blade Runner and be amazing. He was amazing yeah. in that he one scene. So he was yeah. so good. And he just he just came back to wrestling too. Uh huh. I saw yeah. a clip of him being rude to his friend. Whew, yeah, man. there was a rumor that he was going to have a match at WrestleMania this year, and then his opponent got injured, uh-huh. like IRL injured, mm-hmm. and so now that's probably not going to happen. Uh-huh. But that's been Matt's wrestling corner. <laughs> I like. Do 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 do. My uh, I had um, <laughs> I. I grew up with Hulk Hogan and uh, like there was there was in an orphanage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> Garrett Morris told me about yeah. you. <laughs> uh, there was a cartoon uh, that was oh, like Hulk Hogan yeah. and his wrestling friends or something. It, it was that's not far off. I think. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> and it was like Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, and, and a couple other people. And then Rowdy Roddy Piper was the main villain. Mm. Um, Sam Hulk, though, H- Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Ooh, yeah, I like that, that was it. Did they were they in a band? No, but they were always traveling to different wrestling shows. Yeah, as yeah. you do. I hope Captain Lou Albano was there. Yes, he was. Good. Um, he deserves to be. He was pulling double duty as Mario and himself in another <laughs> cartoon. Um, Sam said something when we were talking about this that was one of the funniest things I've ever thought of in my life. What is it? It was well, we were talking about like how Hulk. Hogan doesn't really like he's either on or off Mm -hmm. he either has the Hulk persona or he has nothing Mm, he is the most blank bland Mm -hmm. you know because but then we started talking about like because like the rock has personality Rowdy Roddy Piper has personality Andre the Giant has personality like all of these people you know Andre the Giant can can barely speak English and yet when he talks, he's he's charming. Mm, you know, yeah. there's something very charming about him. And then when we brought up Rowdy Roddy Piper, you said... Oh, yeah. That Hulk Hogan 
I would like to see Hulk Hogan try to be in They Live. And that is (laughs) the funniest thing I've ever thought of. And it immediately ruins that movie. Yeah, (laughs) it It will be very, very, very bad. That movie already is in this weird zone where it's almost a terrible movie, but there's just something so earnest about Rowdy Roddy Piper, especially. He's so good in there. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he is such an amazing badass in that movie. That it's like he's almost at Ash level uh-huh. of, of mm-hmm. weird badassery, also total dick. But there's also the the idea the ideological side of that movie is interesting. Mm-hmm. John and it's John Carpenter, so it's not going to be necessarily at that stage. It wouldn't be that horrible, right? But the idea of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Having to be, one, having to be vulnerable, like Rowdy Roddy Piper is vulnerable, having to be a believable lead mm-hmm. in that way. Because, like, R- Roddy Piper doesn't come off as a gigantic, humongous thing, mm-hmm. even though he is very muscular. Like, he's still... He, he seems like this one of the smallest people in his world that he lives in. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I just, I, I yeah. love the idea of like this thought experiment of putting Hulk Hogan into other wrestling. Like, could you put, what if you put Hulk Hogan into the Fast and the Furious? Like it would be. This is where I wanted to Wait. agree with you though. <laughs> because good, I though. do think the rock is the same in every single movie. Cause he's always the rock. Oh no, no, no. I didn't say range. No, I, I'm not saying range either. I though. just said charming. I'm saying, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying as far as like, can you look at that and go, that's not Hulk Hogan. Like. As far as The Rock goes for me, he is like the most always The Rock Mm -hmm. in everything he's ever in. He's The Rock playing a dad. He's The Rock playing a cop. He's The Rock. He's never not The Rock. He's The Rock playing a helicopter pilot. But he's used it to his advantage so well. Oh, he is doing a real good job. Mm -hmm. He's doing fine. most (laughs) Most of the things that I like The Rock acting in happened before he realized uh, what he could do, he could... like in Be Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that? I know yes, I sure have. He's very fun <laughs> yes, in that, and plays like that. a gay sidekick oh. to like the mob boss or whatever like that. Uh-huh. And he's fantastic in that movie, and that's like one of his first film roles. And it hmm. that's what I like The Rock's acting in, and I think now I can't not see because he's again like we said with Hulk Hogan, he's one of the biggest men that exists. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's just giant, <laughs> and you can't like when they did like any of the movies he does with Kevin Hart, he just played like that's, that's half the, the movie joke. is the joke, the joke that yeah. look how big you are, and yeah. look how look tiny how I am, yeah. <laughs> and that's. For me, like Roddy Piper <laughs> can disappear into a role a little bit easier because he is a more average sized man. He's a man. very normal yeah. looking guy, all mm-hmm. things. Normal yeah. looking, normal sounding. Yeah. Bad you know, well, not when he's wrestling, but, but yeah. Hulk Hogan's always got some sort of weird facial hair and terrible hair on top. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's a hard image to escape. <laughs> yeah. You know, also, look, okay, as a person whose hair is thinning, I can say <laughs> that if I was going to get a toupee, get a toupee. Don't. Don't get this weird halfway thinning thing that he had going on. In this weird. movie, Santa yeah. with muscles? Yeah. Oh, I didn't fake even hair. Know. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. He's been bald since like 87. 82. Yeah, like he, he's <laughs> always been bald. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this movie. So That's why he's always worn a bandana as a wrestler. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Like that the bandana tracks. rarely comes off when he's wrestling. When mm-hmm. it does, it's usually he's losing and maybe there's some blood. He's got to ramp up. Yeah. Mm. He's got to shake a lot. And then the more he's you tougher. hurt him, the stronger he gets, right? Yeah. yeah. Just like in this just movie, like we haven't discussed his superpower. He has what was a superpower? It? He can catch a van by like just holding <laughs> a rope. It was a chain. He's just very strong. Uh, he yeah. can jump over tall fence. Well, he had muscles. But I don't know that any yeah. even strong man, if a vehicle is driving away from you, if you could grab a chain and not be pulled over. 
Oh, it's a kids movie. I mean, even that, it's like, you know. Yeah. It's a kids movie called Santa with muscles, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with him beating up kinds of, like, all these guys. But when it's like, for me, that was like one of those moments where I'm like, okay, show me other examples of that sort of strength. Oh, I'll give you that. The, yeah. There was a severe lack of, like, him being cool muscle guy uh, <laughs> uh, for anything. It was usually for just sure. him walking around and people going, ooh, look how big he is. Oh, yeah. look at how him beat up bad guys from Look afar. at his sleeveless Santa outfit that, mm-hmm. that Mila Kunis, Kunis made, made. <laughs> yeah. Because of her knowledge of a Mega Man comic that doesn't exist? Yeah. What kind of cut did she say it had? Well, it, 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 she cut off the sleeves for increased mobility and she gave it a V-neck. A V-neck, And a yeah. continental line. cut. In a, oh, yeah, and a continental cut. <laughs> what does yeah. that mean? It's a great breakfast. <laughs> I think, I don't know, it's I, a suit cut that apparently she learned from a comic book. Yeah, because yeah. she's like, where'd you learn how to do this? And she's like, Mega Man number 61. <laughs> and it's like, okay. that answer makes no <laughs> yeah. sense. That you're saying you learn how to make a Santa suit from a comic book. With a continental cut. Yeah. And two... I tried to look it up. It doesn't seem like that comic book ever existed. There's Mega Man comics now. Oh no, that, but there wasn't I don't back think then. They were that was a rights thing where they're just like you make up a comic bad. Book. Also, yeah. this is tiny, but I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity to have her be into comic books instead of wrestling. Yep, she should have just been into wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then she learned how to like <laughs> craft costumes from like. I don't know. Yeah, a magazine no. about wrestling. That's costumes. a good call. Because a lot, maybe she wants to be a wrestler. Yeah, a lot of wrestlers are responsible for getting or making their own gear. Mm-hmm. So she could totally want to be a future wrestler, and so she's designed her own wrestling gear. Mila Kunis should have been the star of this movie. She, I mean, she almost kind of was. They, Some, towards the end, I think they started to realize, oh, maybe this girl should be in the movie more. <laughs> it's one of those things like it's not in the script, but then when in performance, you're like, oh, she's better than them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you little blonde girl, don't say this line. Yeah, you say this line instead. Yeah, you weird kid who runs off for some reason at the end of the movie, <laughs> you don't say anything either. He wanted to defend his family. Is that what happened? Because mm-hmm. he vanishes. Yeah. In the middle of a scene after he picks up the statue head. Oh, yeah. He vanishes. Oh, no. He goes to the bad guys. Place, yeah, but he rides shot. his bike there yeah. and somehow beats them there even though they take a motorized vehicle. And he, yeah. I, I was very confused in that Kids moment. Kids are mysterious. Yeah. Man. Kids <laughs> are mysterious. He could have ridden through like the forest or something. Yeah. How does he know where bike? to go? He knows I didn't where the bad guy lives, Matt. Matt. They all know you. where he lives. I'm asking the world. The kids know where the house is because it's a big house that shoots the steam out of it. Oh, do they know that? They said that? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. They know it. Every, uh, wouldn't you know Everyone that? Everyone would it. know oh, that. Oh, that's not yes. from the movie. That's you. No, it's just true. <laughs> <laughs> when she's writing the letter at the beginning, her He's narration... He's the Wayne Zelensky of this movie. They're her, like, yeah. oh, the house with yes. the weird mailbox. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm. All right. He's the Doc Brown of this movie. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> he also beat up Hulk Hogan, so that means that he is very strong, too, and that he could stop a car with a chain, and his henchmen <laughs> could stop a car with a chain also. I do not get over those fucking henchmen. Those I don't know. useless, weird. The geologist got duct taped up pretty easily by Lenny. I thought the doctor one was pretty good. The main henchman. Oh, the one that, that starts Blight. to rape the woman. What does that happen? He's like when he's like right before they push him in the freezer. Yeah, like uh, he's all. Mm, it is weird. He's also, being super weird. She was in Star Trek three and four. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she played what was her name? Savick. Um, uh, the but, yeah, the doctor, evil scientist, Snape-looking guy. He uh, he leads to one of the worst jokes in the movie that I like almost fall in line with Julia's like was this supposed to be funny uh-huh. or was it an accident because after he's put in a freezer for a while they then like arrest him and 
Hulk Hogan standing with his group of orphans and <laughs> yeah. says something like, well, I bet I get it. He's got to defrost now. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> laughs. Everyone laughs so hard. It's at his... not a joke. <laughs> that's, I said that out loud when I was watching the movie. I was like, that's not a joke. <laughs> it's like, not... <laughs> but he says it as if it's this best like pun and this punchline that he just came up with. It's like, guess he's got to defrost now. It's like, if his name was like, his name's not Frost. The, the other, other guy's guy. name is Frost. <laughs> Frost. Yes. That would have worked for him. That would have made much more sense. But not for that guy. No. There's no joke there. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize that. Yeah, his, the, the other guy's name was Frost. Yeah. Maybe Ed Bagley Jr. was like, I am not going to go in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to just rewrite it at the end. They couldn't just switch the names. No. No, God. They had already filmed most yeah, of the rest of the movie. That, that sounds real. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we need to move on to how we would each fix this thing. Uh, I've been pretty open about this. like Everything? Uh, well, I think everything <laughs> is wrong with this movie, except the- Implode it the, to the ground, much like an yes. orphanage. <laughs> I think the premise is interesting, and I like the idea of uh, somebody- I, I kind of had the same feeling with elves, actually, that like I'd love to see somebody who's kind of forced to be Santa and then come to terms with it, and it makes them be a good, a better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's kind of sort of the Santa Claus, but like I I would love it in a lower budget movie that can kind of go all out and be crazy and weird. Mm-hmm. And so I would have loved it if it was like maybe they, that he was, you know, Hollywood Hogan mm-hmm. at the beginning, just a mm-hmm. terrible, terrible person yeah. who's loud and abrasive that's and so perfect. and runs <laughs> o- runs roughshod over the, the town and you know, and like does he he does some seriously effed up things in that opening, but mm-hmm. then it you know, it's all sort of like, oh shucks, you know. Yeah. I I would love that and then to have a real transformation, then him by the end have to go have to be a good person. Like mm-hmm. have to learn from things and, and, and really be a good person. Like that that's what I would like to see. Would he fall down a garbage chute and bump his head, or would he be Santa for other reasons? Not I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Could the, he be sucked down a golf ball hole like Michael Jordan does, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he ended up in Christmas Town? And yeah, and then he's Jack Skellington. Yeah, and then he's Jack Skellington too. It's a really weird universe you it's got Space going on Jam here. Meets Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it's yeah. a perfect scenario. Starring Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's the CCU, it's the, the Christmas cinematic universe. <laughs> I'm in. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I I, I just. Do that and don't half-ass it. What the fuck? I feel like was, by midway through, I was really sad watching this movie because like everything was fucking half-assed, and I I hate that. So yeah. Plus, you'd get. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this actually does transition pretty well into my fix uh, because I if you're gonna do this movie with Hulk Hogan, just let Hulk Hogan be Hulk Hogan, like you said. Like I think your idea is better than mine in that you like have him be the bad guy character of Hulk Hogan and lean into that and then the kids hate him to begin with but he turns out good. I think that's much better. My thing was like you have Hulk Hogan play Hulk Hogan because that's who he plays in movies where he's not a terrible actor. Mm-hmm. Like No Holds Barred and mm-hmm. uh, Rocky Three. like he's all right because he's just playing Hulk Hogan. He knows how to play Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He's done that for 20 years, 30 years, whatever. So my premise for this movie is close to the same but it's Hulk Hogan goes missing essentially because in this movie one of the things I was like really surprised by is that no one ever mentions hey the famous billionaire Blake yeah. Thorne is missing <laughs> you know Someone our evil worried. overlord of this town he's yeah. gone for just a, gone he's only gone for a day though wasn't he I don't no, I mean, it's no. like three days yeah. it is yeah, yeah. Oh. because remember the countdown oh right Ed he's Begley there Jr. until there's only one day till Christmas the orphanage has to be you're right yeah. yeah so like someone like he has this whole team of help like someone should at some point go 
Where's Mr. Thorne today? Yeah. We have yeah. our fake fight. Chaz. <laughs> yeah. Really dropped the ball, Chaz. <laughs> so I think that's like have him just, again, play Hulk Hogan because he knows how to do that. But Hulk Hogan, maybe it's after a wrestling match or maybe he's walking out of the locker room and he slips and falls and bumps his head. And then he wakes up and thinks he's Santa. But he legitimately thinks he's Santa. He leans into it. He mm-hmm. wants to like know where his reindeer are. And he's mad that he can't find them. And everyone else around him thinks he's nuts. Mm-hmm. But he fully believes and buys in and believes he's Santa. And then most of the movie you can do pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's mostly the thing that I want to have Hulk Hogan be Hulk Hogan who goes missing, so that's a thing. And I think, again, this is a part that I don't have figured out fully. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop this later. But I feel like the Santa disguise should be glued to him or something. Yeah, Much <laughs> like in Absolutely. I'll Be Home for Christmas starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Like, he is stuck in this costume Mm -hmm. so that no one will recognize him as Hulk Hogan. He's not able to convince anyone that he's not if he suddenly has a revelation and everyone just is like, okay, who's this weird guy who's Santa? Mm -hmm. Also, Hulk Hogan's (laughs) missing. What up? Um, (laughs) And I think you could... uh, You need a better director. Uh Like Nick touched on this. But to make that movie that I'm talking about, you need someone who at this time wasn't making these kinds of movies, but he has gone on to make these kinds of movies. And I think you need someone like a Robert Rodriguez who has made like Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl and just these kids movies that are unapologetically kids movies Mm -hmm. that are wacky and super weird Mm -hmm. and don't make a lot of sense in some cases, but they make it work inside the universe they've built. And so I think you can get away with weird crystal cave vault catacombs and all this stuff if you let someone with a little bit more, like, uh, talent (laughs) direct it. Or, like, intentionality, like... Making it be a more cohesive sort of compact yeah. romp as opposed yeah. to and like unintentional. Any of these plot twists be hinted at earlier in the film <laughs> a yes. little bit, foreshadow <laughs> something yeah. rather than just going like, "Now this happened for no reason." I'm telling you, it was made by children. Like, yeah, it does. It's that kind of storytelling of like, and then this happened, and then they go to the crystal cave, but then it explodes, and yeah. then they move it's into like the bad Axe guy's Cop. house. Hmm? It's like Axe Cop. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But Axe Cop is, is good. It's a it's a very good comic that is drawn by the older brother and told by the younger brother. Who, oh. when it starts, the younger brother's like four years old. Okay, so it's very much like this, but then it's like drawn by a professional comic artist. Yeah, and like um, leans into that sort yeah. of as told by a childness of hmm. it. It's basically what you described your thought of this movie. Like <laughs> children made it, but it's real, and you maybe wouldn't like it because. A children that made it. that might be true because yeah. I don't like a children, <laughs> <laughs> a single children. Yeah, is not liked by Nick Jenkins. Mm-mm. Sam, how uh, what would you fix it? No, I think this movie was very bad, and I think that the the that he doesn't that they're so wishy washy on if he is Santa, if everybody yeah. else thinks he's Santa, and then how quickly he thinks he's not Santa again and just goes back to being himself is very confusing and <laughs> is yeah. to the detriment of the movie big time, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think the rest of it is great. I love the way that the plot just like unfolds in this completely nonsensical way at the end and this kind of like builds on some some reality before they find the crystal magic cave. I love the way that it just kind of unspools itself. So I think I would fix the main character. I would be interested in seeing a version where Hulk Hogan is a a normal, rich, stuffy man, and then when he gets knocked on the head, 
Santa is Hollywood or is <laughs> is like the Hulk Hogan persona who's crazy and like jumping around on the table throwing candy and stuff and being like really big and wild. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I would, I, let me let me tell you the one part I liked. What? It's where he goes outside to scare the guy away mm-hmm. and he starts just growling at him. And he's like in the beard. He's like, yeah. yeah. I did like that. I like that. The more of that would have been. You I gotta think. have a rowdy Santa, <laughs> or maybe you just have rowdy a, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just have another wrestler play Santa, and I think that would have made the movie better too. Somebody who would be okay with leaning a little bit more into being really cheesy, like. I think someone who's more okay making fun of themselves. Definitely. Because yeah. it did feel like he was like, I'm not going to do this because that's stupid. I'm not going to do this because that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look dumb. Yeah. yeah. I watched his uh, reality show mm-hmm. uh, when it was Hogan on. Knows Best. Or whatever it was. Yeah. And he, no, <laughs> Thanks, he, Matt. He, yeah. he. That's what I'm here for. It's my only thing. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> that man takes himself way too seriously. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, you can feel it when you're watching the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe like, a, 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 who's that guy? Macho Man Randy Savage. Now mm. there's a man I would like to see as Santa. So <laughs> he's the cream he's, of the crop. Yeah. He's already he got does. a beard. Done. He does. He has a beard. He's got, yeah, cool <laughs> voice. I, I think it's, he's also someone who at the time did not take himself as seriously. Yeah. I think later in his career he got a little... Like Hulk Hogan in that way, really? of like he was Macho Man, he mm-hmm. was not Lenny Poffo or whatever his name is. Right. Um, I don't know. Remember him in Spider Man? Well, what's great? Oh yeah, Spider Man. He is. He's very good. He's uh, like the best part of that. That movie. was one of my potential real goods. <laughs> yeah, and he was. Um, he did like a voice uh, in an episode of Dexter's Lab where he was very good. Probably mm-hmm. just a little bit after that. Yeah. So I think he was still capable of it. He also put out a rap album that's like attacking <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Really? It's a very oh. weird negative Hulk Hogan raps. And it's very fun to listen to, but not good. If we were had, had, if there was a real bad music edition, that would be my number one pick. Did their fake beef turn into a real beef? Yes. Interesting. They hated each other huh. in real life. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> but I agree that he would make a better Santa with muscles. He would be so funny, that, a Santa with muscles. Oh, my God. I actually want to see that. I want to hear him ho, ho, ho. You're going nowhere. <laughs> That's just his Spider-Man line. I know. That's all I got. Saw is ready. <laughs> See, it's already a better movie. It's a better movie. I would, I would watch that. That's... Hulk Hogan was very bad at ho ho hoing. He didn't even try. Yeah. No, he didn't, did he? No. He yeah. did. He said ho ho a number of times, but but he it just didn't. sounds like someone was like, ho, "Hey, ho. say ho ho." He's like, "Ho ho ho." He's like, "Yeah, I nailed it." <laughs> yeah, that's all. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Cat Julia, Macho Man. how would um, you fix this, or would you? I, I would. There's a lot of this that's very bad, obviously, but like I am willing to embrace or write it off and sort of like accept that it's there because it's a silly thing that they did poorly, but the. The, th- the thing that was the most distracting to me in its badness was how Lenny was written and what part he played, both in relation to Hulk Hogan yeah. and mm-hmm. to the story itself, like in, in particular Ed Begley Jr. So I, just like the way he perpetuated the Santa myth to children and adults alike and like (laughs) what his relationship was to the money and what his relationship was to the bad guy and like the weird way he was trying to steal money from Hulk Hogan. And I just like, 
I found that so confusing mm-hmm. that I couldn't focus on anything else in his character. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know how he fit into this, and I didn't know why he was talking on the phone with the bad guy. Right. Um, or, like, what was in it for him to perpetuate the Santa persona or anything like that. So I would have just, like, sort of unpacked his story a little bit and given it some clarity and made it, like... You know, maybe there's an introduction scene with Lenny. Maybe all it takes is Lenny and Ed Begley Jr. in the same room as opposed to being on the phone at the beginning of the movie. So, you know, there's a very clear connection. You know that there's like this sinister element to him because I completely like as soon as that scene was done when they were on the phone, I forgot that there was a connection there. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't like understand his purpose in the in this relationship at all maybe he would be the one who's hung upside down getting tortured by the bad guys at the beginning yeah because like he's supposed to be working to try to get the mall to sell or like he's trying to sabotage something for him but he's doing a bad job yeah i think a clear connection between him and ed begley jr would have been nice Mm -hmm. that and uh, so that's that's like the big thing The, the small thing that I I actually kind of loved, but I think I think in my heart of hearts it needs to be fixed. Is uh, during the sort of quote unquote climax <laughs> that that lasts for a very long time and never actually gets the climax. Like all of these henchmen are sort of all over the place mm. um, when uh, they're they've gotten into the mine and the children are locked up in one room and the grown ups are locked up in another room and all of the henchmen all over the place. Their weapon of choice is a T square. <laughs> yeah. Why is that ha- Yeah. Villains with T squares. Super weird. And, and it would be one thing if so. Like the henchmen are different scientists, right? There's a geologist and an, a, a gas man and mm-hmm. an, uh, electric an electric lady, and there's a doctor. None of them are architects. No. None of them no. are like if you have a funny tool that matches your cartoon profession, uh-huh. that's one thing. But they all had T-squares. Yeah, like somebody thought that that was a thing. Well, I think yeah. the closest we get to a connection there is that I think there's one in Ed Bigley Jr.'s like office because he has his like maps of the places he's trying to take uh, over. Mm-hmm. So I think there's he's also a T-square in his office. So maybe he just can't buy weapons and he's like, here, I have these? Or that's how you show you're in his gang. You just have a T-square. He's like the T-square gang. I don't but, know. As a graphic designer, I have been accidentally bonked by a few T-squares. <laughs> It's but no they treat fun. them in they're this movie like they're deadly weapons. Yeah, it's yeah. no fun, but it's not menacing. <laughs> no. Like they're holding kids <laughs> captive and adults captive <laughs> yeah. with a T-square. Also, where do those henchmen come from? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot more suddenly. They just appear in yeah. the orphanage and they were he, not there before. He seems to have like a whole crew of scientists walking around his estate doing some kind of science thing. I does think, he? Yeah. I, uh, I have no memory so. of this. Because, well, he does. Because he has to sneak when they sneak onto his estate. They have to sneak past two scientists, oh, yeah. henchmen who are like talking about math or something. I <laughs> oh, I do remember that. I think that. you're right. Yeah. yeah. My favorite part of that moment, just to get into it a little bit of like the climax scene when they're capturing them in the in the orphanage, mm-hmm. is how that starts. Is like the little girl walks into the kitchen <laughs> and says, "Hey, the lights are out." And they're absolutely not. And it's daytime. It's daytime. You can see every detail of the room and her. It's bright in the other room. And she gets snuck up on and by And she gets a guy. snuck up on and like that's when they kidnap them. It's the 
hey. It's the daytime. And she goes, hey, the lights are out. And it's like they wrote that for a night shoot and they didn't have a night shoot. So they're just like, eh, no one will notice. Should I still say the line? Yeah, you're going to say the line. But the lights but are out. <laughs> And the other good part right after that was when they were captured in the basement and he was like, they were like, let the children go. And then Ed Begley Jr. was like, well, who's going to do my mining? (laughs) And he puts a mine cap on. And a hand of tiny little pickaxes. (laughs) And he brought tiny hats. (laughs) (laughs) They each have a perfectly fitted mining hat and Uh, a little tiny pickaxe for each of them. Well, orphan helmets. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's good. It is. It was fun to just let it wash over you. Yeah. Okay, well, it's so good. I I, I want to hear what your rating of it is then, Julia. You're going to start us off. How do you rate Santa with muscles? Okay, my rating is Jump for Joy, and that's like how my body reacts to it. This is a four. Wow. I was like giddy about <laughs> it. I was leaning forward and like looking stuff up furiously and taking tons of notes the whole time. And like we... Like Matt mentioned, we had to stop at a, you know, like granted that was an an outside detail that we learned, but we had to stop because we were laughing so hard. We had to stop the movie. And so I was just like fucking delighted with it. Uh I loved it so much. And like I could tell, I, I, I like I felt... My cheeks hurt, and I was still giddy. I had a hard time falling asleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen something special. I, I was just, like, really happy. And I'd had sort of a bad day yesterday, and so I, I was just like, yes, I needed this. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Uh, mine's a European toilet scale. In Europe, their toilets are special. They have a big button for poop with one with two droplets and a little button for pee with one droplet. So you're flushing the movie down the toilet. Like it's some kind of excrement and you have to push the buttons. I don't think I'd flush this one. I think this one goes in my magazine rack. Maybe not my shelf where I look at it, but in the magazine rack next to it. Because I want to watch this movie with people again. I think that was the best. I think the ideal way to watch this movie is with a bunch of people. Yeah. That could have definitely affected me. I do think that helped you guys out Mm -hmm. quite a bit because there was a point where I watched like half this movie by myself. And then Devin came and joined me to watch the rest of it. It was definitely more fun to talk about it with mm-hmm. someone as you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, because it's I, a yeah, fuck I can wild see that. movie. And by the time it gets to the jewels, then <laughs> it's just like fun from then on out. I kept yeah, thinking they have of... a jewel fight. <laughs> yeah, they have a sword fight with crystals. See, and that was know... the moment where I was like. From then on, I was all in. Which is, like, yeah. to be fair, for, like, the last three minutes of the movie. Yeah. But the moment that happened, I was, like, then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Nothing also, else matters. They also had a visual effect. Yeah. In that sequence where they threw him down the pit. Threw him? Or threw he fell down the pit. The crystal falls down the pit. Oh, I thought, was it just think, the crystal? I think there's a part where Ed Bagley Jr. falls down something and it looks like it's the pit, but it's not the pit. What happened to Ed Bagley Jr. I in thought this he movie? fell down he the pit. Arrested. I think he goes to jail. Yeah. Does he? No. He's definitely See, at the end. You're, that's wishful thinking because that's exactly the moment Hulk Hogan walks into that room and looks down the pit. I'm like, oh, someone's going in that hole. Just a crystal. <laughs> just a crystal goes down the hole. Ed Bagley oh. Jr. But it falls is a down effect. something else. And he's fine. But it is a visual effect. There is a visual effect. Completely the crystal was shot on the blue screen and dropped. Yeah. Or it was even animated. Because I remember even looking at the end, there was a credit for like animation. And it was like, what the fuck was animated? (laughs) Oh, that one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're going to keep it. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Perfect son. I will say, talking about this movie, I changed my rating a little bit. Oh. It went up a little. Oh, okay. Um, Because, yeah, no, it definitely... 
I've had a lot more fun talking about it than I did watching it. Oh yeah, but me too. this is nowhere near like things or Manos level for me of like cringing on my couch, not wanting to watch it anymore. Yeah. It's not boring. No, and like it is only an hour and a half, and it did. I there was points where I was like, oh, there's still forty minutes left. Come on, movie. <laughs> but things like the crystal fight and things like Clint Howard. Um, Clint Howard really helped me. Clint Howard's movie. real good. Mm-hmm. Um, he pops up just often enough to go, yeah, hey, he's his back. pacing yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, so my scale is <laughs> Thank the, you, Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah, my scale is the Possessed Mushroom Puppet scale of enjoyment, uh, which is a one to five enjoyment scale, which I realize I might be the person, like, do, am I the only one that has, like, their original scale left? I yeah. still have mine. Oh, that's well, right. But, like, from the first episode. Oh, you were in the very first episode. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. other people may have changed their scales. I don't know. No, I had to change mine for a couple of reasons. That you, yeah, the good reasons. Yes. Um, but, so, yeah, so mine's still that for N- now. N- Nicole hasn't changed hers yet. Okay. She's so. got the emoji ones. Yes. Our she wants are, to change it, though. Our scales are pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> Level of enjoyment. So, I'm... Yours is thematic, though. Yeah. I was going to give it a two out of five before we started talking. But it has been bumped up to a three out of five. Oh. Which is not, like, good, obviously. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Come back next week for a higher rating. Um, but this one gets a solid three out of five. Because mm. uh, there are definitely parts I enjoyed, but not overall. Well, uh, my rating system is the which Star Wars movie is it? And uh, mm. this is the Ewok adventure. It's boring, it's faux sweetness, it's stupid, (laughs) and I don't ever want to watch it again. Okay. I might actually watch The Battle for Endor. Is that the sequel? Well, there's there's the Ewok adventure, and then there's like, I think that one was also called Caravan of Courage. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. And then there's there's The Battle for Endor, which is actually kind of cool. They have a really cool villain in that one, but I haven't seen either since I was like... Six, so uh, I don't, we don't know how they hold up. Yeah, I don't know how they hold up, but I do. TV movies. Yes. Okay. I've never even heard of them. Oh, Julia. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I need to. Eh, no. <laughs> it's not like there's not a lot of the Star Wars lore that you're missing out on by not having seen <laughs> yeah. those. Except the the Ewoks. It's unclear in those movies whether or not they're before Return of the Jedi or after Return of the Jedi. Great. So, Wicket. <laughs> By the end of the second movie, speaks English. Oh, or basic, or whatever it's called in Star Wars. Uh-huh. So don't you know, act like you don't know it's basic. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> basic. I, I had a moment where I was like, "Is basic from Star Trek?" No, it isn't. Okay, it is. what's uh, the alphabet called? Arabesh. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hide my nerd <laughs> nerdness. But anyway, he speaks. He speaks English. Uh, like you know, go home. I hate Why that. Why we go home? I hate that. It's like that movie clip, not the most recent Detective P- Pikachu movie, because that looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. But the mm-hmm. other Pokemon movie that came out a couple years ago, oh, where at God. the end of it, uh, Pikachu suddenly speaks yeah. in English and says, like, I didn't want to leave you or something like that. I could talk the whole time. Yeah. Didn't and it's leave just you. like, whoa, that's <laughs> very upsetting. The whole time. Because <laughs> he literally goes from like, Pika Pika to... I'll never leave you. Uh-huh. You're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, if it takes place before Return of the Jedi, then it's just like Wicket chose He's not to talk rude. to our characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was like Wicket had never seen. Yeah, it was very weird because like you'd think that there would be something lasting from Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. 
if it were after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like they would have, okay, is the Rebel Alliance have a base here now or something? Yeah. I mean, as you'll see Star in a Trooper couple weeks, helmets. Nick, uh, on this podcast, the Star Wars lore back then was not as a holy of ground well, that's <laughs> as it is now. Point. Yeah, I know. Can we quickly apply, though, it would Ernest make this movie better rubric? Oh, I almost did that because somebody point. earlier yeah. said the word Ernest in the other context. <laughs> and I was like, let's get to the Ernest scale. Would Ernest make this movie better? Hell I yeah. say yes. Yes. I yes. guess so. I think you'd be a little superfluous. I mean, I no, know I'm he would Ernest make instead it of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, God, of course, then. I thought yeah. it was just Ernest in the movie with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Which might, Ernest could be the elf. That's Ernest would be a fun elf. Ernest this is a better oh, yeah. Lenny for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He would drive Hulk Hogan crazy. Yeah, and... That's the dynamic that they didn't... That they should have had more of, is yeah. Hulk Hogan being annoyed by this elf, but he needs he him for a reason. He loved that yeah. elf. Yeah. 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 That, that, I know. I think but, I think Ernest makes it better. You could mm-hmm. slot Ernest into a lot of the roles, and he'd be better. Villain, he'd be great. Mila Kunis? Yeah. Henchman? Mila Kunis? No, I'm I mean, yeah. or- <laughs> Ernest as a little orphan <laughs> movie. Hey, have you seen the Ernest movies? He plays many parts. I know. Including I know. his own mother. <laughs> I think he can play a little orphan girl. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, well, our final segment here is uh, called Real Good, where we recommend something that is real good to get the taste of this movie out of your mouth. Um, Let's start with Julia. Julia, what do you got? Um, This is a different Mila Kunis movie. Uh, It's one of my favorite bad movies of all time, and it's another, like, amazing romp that has so much going on and it is Jupiter Ascending. Oh. A movie that we might do on this podcast. I oh. demand it to be on that episode. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's so sparkly and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It has the craziest performance I've ever seen by, <laughs> by Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've o- seen clips. He won an Oscar that same year, I think. He won an Oscar for a different movie for that yeah, same year. Yeah, not for that movie. And, <laughs> then, and actually, like, he was recently quoted of being like, I didn't give it my all at Jupiter or ascending he or something like that. Absolutely gave it. His, <laughs> I was, like, how much more do you have to give? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if I gave it 120%, yeah. would have nailed it. So it's like, it's admittedly a bad movie. You have to approach it with that mindset. Don't go into it thinking it's a fantastic film, as mm-hmm. they say, but uh, it's very, very fun. Cool. Sam, what's your real good? For some reason, the whole time this movie was reminding me of The Running Man. And I th- God damn it! Was that yours? Yes! <laughs> That's amazing. That is very weird. I think it's because of the electric lady. It is! Okay. <laughs> it's because of her, because we were talking also about how the thematic villains. Yeah. Like, I love thematic villains. I do too. And that movie has some of the best thematic villains. It really does. Um, so Buzzsaw, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the guy who plays hockey, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Frosty or something? Uh, Mr. Freeze? Professor... Professor? No, he's not. He's not called Professor. He is Sub Zero. Prof- yeah, Sub Zero. But he is Blaine a Professor. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Running Man. It's just it's like goofy in a very similar way, starring a big muscly fella. But it's a good movie. I really like that movie mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And it has stars and person who can shoot electricity out of themselves. Yeah, and sing opera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. What's your real good? I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I have like. I had a backup, so don't okay, worry. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's. I guess it's a fair association, though. There's an electric person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna narrow my list of four down to two. Uh, one is if you want to see wrestlers being good in a movie, in not not a great movie, but as far as like wrestlers giving it their all and leaning into their characters and just having fun, watch the movie Ready to Rumble mm. with David Arquette. Uh, it's like peak WCW popularity, so it's probably around this same time. Uh, 
and it's just the most wrestling fan movie that ever existed uh, in a weird world where it dances on the line of is wrestling real or fake? Mm-hmm. Because mm. it's a it yeah it's it's a very bizarre movie in that if you think about it too much, but it has a lot of uh, wrestlers in it. Macho Man is in it. Oh good, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to watch a good movie that also has a wrestler in it, watch Ed Wood. Because uh, that movie has George the Animal Steel as Tor Johnson, who who was also a wrestler. Yeah. Mm. So Tor Johnson, who was actually in Plan Nine from Outer Space, was a wrestler, and so in Ed Wood, they got George the Animal Steel, who was a wrestler, to play Tor Johnson, um, who was a wrestler, who was a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a wrestler. Um, all of my real goods were wrestlers in other movies. <laughs> um, I wouldn't expect anything but. Yeah, I mean, go watch Goldberg and Santa Slay. Terrible movie, but. Ed Wood, good movie, and definitely it's not obviously the wrestler is not the focus mm-hmm. in that film, but there is a scene of wrestling, so mm-hmm. uh, go watch that. Uh, well, since mine was uh, taken by Sam Sorry. on this one, coldly. <laughs> uh, no, actually, <laughs> um, that's too good. I'm going to recommend something that's kind of not great but is entertaining and also a little bit enlightening for the time that it was made and it's another Hulk Hogan movie and we've talked about it already a little bit it is No Holds Barred um, it was the first movie I'd seen that starred a wrestler it's from like I don't know 87 maybe somewhere right around there and it's played off as though wrestling is very real mm-hmm. uh, tiny Zeus Lister um I think this might have been his first big role. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, he was in The Dark Knight. He He's was in, Friday. in He was in Friday. He was in... Uh, He's the giant man in Friday. Yeah. He <laughs> who was, is he in The Dark Knight? Uh, he's the prisoner when they're on the boats who actually takes the thing and oh. throws it out the window. Okay. Uh, he was also the president of Earth or the United States <laughs> in The Fifth Element. Um, Weird. Yeah, so uh, an actor. Uh-huh. Like, he, he is actually an actor, and he's he's quite good. But he plays a bad guy in the movie. Uh, he has a wrestling match with Hulk Hogan's brother, breaks Hulk Hogan's brother's back, and paralyzes him. And then Hulk Hogan has to go and have a cage match with him. Oh, and no. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very entertaining movie, but I remember even as a kid watching it, you know the acting's bad. If as a kid you go, well, that was weird. <laughs> and there's this moment where Hulk is Hulk goes from zero to Hulk in the span of one line, and it is hilarious. He uh, he keeps trying to have a relationship with this woman. I think she's doing a news report on him or something, and she's following him around. And then he she gives him the brush off and. He finally stands up and he goes, well, I'm going to go outside. There's a couch out there that's got a better personality than you. And, then, <laughs> and that has stuck with me forever. Like, so, yeah, that's my real good. Uh, thank you guys for coming on and cursing me with this movie because, oh, my God. It didn't fill it's you a f- Christmas season. Yeah, it didn't fill you full of Christmas cheer. Actually, it didn't. That's the weird thing, too. Like, I didn't get a huge... It, it, I think because it took place. Did it take place in California? Yeah. Oh yeah. There was so no snow. Yeah, there was no snow. There wasn't a lot of like Christmassy stuff other than him. That's another weird. Well, you thing. can't ha- set this in Michigan because how else is he going to realistically bare his shoulders the whole time? Yeah, it'd be freezing. I don't know. I think you, movie magic. You could do it. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, but I had a great time talking about it. So thank you for that. Matt, welcome back. Oh, oh thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be around for a while. Yeah, because next <laughs> Hi, next Hi. two weeks we're we're doing stuff that you've been planning one for you you've been planning on for a year because you suggested it a year ago. Yeah, and I hate myself for that oh, one. Oh man! And then the other one, I can't wait. It's already like I have on my DVD <laughs> shelf. I pull out all of the ones for like the season. So like uh. as soon as it was like. Uh, after Thanksgiving, I pulled out a little bit all the Christmassy movies, mm. and Jingle All the Way is already pulled out, and I was going to watch it regardless. Mm. But now we get to watch oh, it for the There's podcast. good Christmas movies. Yeah, it's called Jingle All the Way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Matt, you also have a podcast. I so do. tell us about the podcast. It's called I Love It, uh, and I talk each week to my friends about the things they love and why they love them. Uh, this most recent episode when you're listening to this will be about Star Wars with my friend Bill. Yay! Um, he recorded that a while ago. He did. <laughs> but Star Wars is evergreen. He, so. hates, he hates Star Wars now. <laughs> yeah, yeah he waited uh, too long. His opinion has changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, some fun episodes. We just did one about Walt Disney World, John Quincy Adams, uh, Star Wars, and then the one after that is with my fiance about Shakespeare. It's not about you. It's oh. not. <laughs> Just be like, hey, now that we're engaged, you come on the podcast and talk about how much you love me. <laughs> oh, I would hurl. <laughs> I think that'd be a great April Fool's thing. I, I, anyway. I think I want to do like a I hate something episode for April Fool's Day. Yeah. We can bring yeah. me on and I'll talk about Santa with muscles. And children. And no, children. it needs to be a joke, Nick, <laughs> not children. real things. Ooh, this episode was I hate Santa with muscles. <laughs> oh, no, but I could talk about how much I hate children and how I hate all of their stupid ideas and all of their stupid television. I don't think you know what jokes are, Nick. I, I, I don't either. But moving on. <laughs> Sam, you also have a podcast. I do. It's called Real Love. Uh, and every week, me and my girlfriend Rachel pick a movie. Every week, uh, approximately, pick a movie, <laughs> and uh, then we talk about the movies that we made each other watch. And you can follow us on Real Love Pod on Twitter, and uh, you can find us on Real Love on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. R E L, just like this one. And I'm on another podcast. Yeah, you that are. That one's called Sideshow Tangents, and that one's about science <laughs> and joking. About science <laughs> with Hank Green and other people, and then oh oh, follow my Twitter this month because I'm going to review 232 Christmas songs. Yeah, he's already started. He's already started, and I'm it is my favorite thing. It. Especially watching you and Julia compare notes, which Julia's are just I like it. I don't like. <laughs> it. I don't like it. We usually agree on pretty much everything. We're I don't understand your hatred of the Chipmunk song, but because it's bad, it's annoying. I've also been giving Sam some good. more songs to add to that playlist. It only can be 232. Well, hmm. gotta kick some off. Otherwise, you won't hit Christmas. Yeah, I won't hit Christmas, time. Matt. Mm. How many are you doing a day? Uh, like, let this will peek behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> I mean, people can do math. If I do eleven, I'll hit it. But I did thirteen the first day, and then I think I did eleven the second day. Nice. So you got a bit of a bit of a window. I, you could. Yeah. You can fit in the Quad City DJs. I could probably fit in the Quad City. You DJs. could fit in my favorite, which is Wilson Phillips' "Hey Santa." Oh, I haven't. Okay, well, I'll listen to that one. That one sounds great. This is going to become a thing with me. This is the second episode. Yeah, about <laughs> Wilson, Wilson Phillips. Phillips. I, for some reason, this is now an Ernest slash Wilson Phillips podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have heard of worse, I worse ideas. I to that podcast. Yeah, Ernest saves Wilson Phillips. That would be a very good movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 
Julia, you are you were, not on podcast. No, you, except for you, this one. You're on this podcast. I and, appear on podcasts, yes. but I don't have any of my own. But you are on Twitter, and you're hilarious. Thanks. It's a pattern party. Is my handle. It's just me there. I, <laughs> and I, I tell Sam which, when he's wrong about Christmas songs, and I tell Nick to cheer up. And yeah, yeah. Just I, don't interact with me at all. I very rarely interact with Matt. Because it's sort of like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's I don't not need enough to for a like, it. but no. it's not enough for a comment. I, get oh, it. I, I get like it. all your stuff. You don't even like Matt's stuff? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> he's got to earn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's your goal in life. All right. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Next week, we're doing Jingle All the Way, which I haven't Woo. seen since it came out on video way back, probably 97, and I just have bad memories, but we'll see how, how that goes. How old were you in 97? I would have been 20. Why did you watch the movie? Okay. End of the episode. He's a big Sinbad fan. Yeah. Is that what Actually, it is? I did like Sinbad at that time. Okay. I thought he was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, he made a fun Western called The Cherokee Kid, which I mm. enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at that point, I was still like rooting for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like uh, he was still like, sense. I was like hopeful that it would, you know, that he'd make a good Christmas. Also, I love the uh, Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have hope for Christmas movies, mm-hmm. but they so rarely oh. work out. And in the years since, you've lost all hope. Yeah, okay. I have. I see. Um, also, I, I don't know if at that point uh, Jake Lloyd had been cast in Star Wars or not. I don't think he had. Or He's if probably it, earned him the part. He's so good and all the way to like, you can play an evil little Darth Vader. Yeah. No. You look like you're like in c- floating on clouds you right do. now. You're so excited. Jingle all the way and we will talk about this more next week, yeah. obviously. But it's like one of those staples of my childhood that I have watched multiple times every year since. Okay, oh. so I need to break this down. Like what? Here's. <laughs> I want Welcome it. to next week's episode. No, 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 no. This doesn't have anything to do with Jingle All the Way. This has to do with like staple of things you watch. So when I was a kid. Like the Christmas movie we watched was A Christmas Story, which I do not care for that it's, much because it wasn't a staple. It's cynical and like the family, everybody loves each other, but also is irritated by each other. Uh-huh. And like this is what I was raised with was this thing of it. And Thanksgiving, I hated the Charlie Brown stuff oh, again. Faux Nick, sweetness. You're breaking my heart. And I just watched it yesterday. I bet it skips a generation. And uh, so instead, like I for years watched The Crow on Thanksgiving. This what? <laughs> That's a Halloween movie, was Nick. I know. <laughs> but it's like that was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. It's fall because, like in California, <laughs> fall doesn't really hit until Turkey? November. Mm-hmm. Let's see other bird movies. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, I've it's 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 a pro- I'm a product of my time, and and my time is a product of me, I guess. I don't know. It, it the the movies I watched were not happy movies. Man. So yeah, and I I watched Jingle all the way because I was like, I like Schwarzenegger, I like Sinbad. Oh God, this movie's about a kid. Oh no, <laughs> so. it's I will say it. Not mostly about no, it, it actually <laughs> it's mostly but, about Arnold and Sinbad. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to be next week, and then the week after that, we're going to do uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, which Matt is not inci- excited about. It's two hours long. It is, and uh, then we're going to skip a week. We won't upload for the week of New Year's. But uh, Project for Awesome uh, happened over the weekend, and the Indiegogo is still going, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to have a special episode. On the uh, if you if you get the digital perk, you'll get an episode of Real Bad where we're going to be talking about Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so definitely check that out. You know that movie has a lot of children in it, right? <laughs> <laughs>
look, it's a <laughs> it's a canon film, and if anybody's gonna make a gonna make a Christmas movie, or if anybody's gonna make a movie with children in it that I can enjoy, it's probably gonna be canon. Oh, I can't wait for you to watch that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. it. Like I saw it way long time ago. Okay. You know. Well, if you would like to follow us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RealBadPod. And of course, if you'd like to help us out and help us keep doing this thing, you can go to patreon.com slash RealBadPod. And a big thanks to Carly B, I Love It Podcast, and Black Duck Studios for being uh, patrons of ours and uh, getting memberships on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it everything you give to us. We're going to try to give back. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me and check out some of our sibling podcasts for everything that is nostalgic and movie related. So definitely do that. And uh, like I said, next week, jingle all the way. Till then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.